Hello and welcome to today's Living Life. Uh, in today's passage, we see many people rushing at Jesus. And uh, for me, I'm, uh, when I read it, I was a little bit challenged because I'm not quite into rushing towards figures or rushing towards uh, big name people especially. But uh, I, I was trying to grasp what was being said in today's passage. So I was imagining waiting at a bus stop. And generally, I'm a little bit of a slower paced guy. So when I wait at the bus stop and the bus pulls in, uh, I kind of gently just get in line and slowly let people go through. But uh, sometimes what happens is uh, there's so many people trying to get on the bus that they all start cutting in line and they all start rushing to the front. So instead of a nice orderly line, we have just a mob at the front. And you know, the bus driver is saying, we have to go, we have to go, we have to go. But people are just flooding in and by the time I get on the bus, I realize there's, there's no seats for one. But not only is there no seats, I have the worst standing position. So um, today we see a little bit of this reality coming to place when um, Jesus is walking around, he's touching people's lives, but people are ceasing to be gentle and loving to one another. And instead, they start rushing at him. So let's look at today's passage and maybe we'll learn uh, something new from God's word today. Let's pray. Right, let's begin. Mark chapter 3, verses 7 through 19. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake, and a large crowd from Galilee followed. When they heard about all he was doing, many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, and the regions across the Jordan and around Tyre and Sidon. Because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from crowding him. For he had healed many so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the impure spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. But he gave them strict orders not to tell others about him. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach, and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the twelve he appointed. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. To them he gave the name Boanerges, which means sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Welcome back to today's Living Life. If you were following on Living Life with us yesterday, then you know the passage ends with uh, kind of a condemnation. Not a condemnation per se, but people are uh, making a decision to begin to seek to destroy Jesus. Uh, it says, the Pharisees and the Herodians began plotting together to uh, destroy Jesus. On the other hand, today we have a very different challenge of people uh, who are coming near to Jesus, but they're coming in such great numbers and such a great crowd 
that Jesus said, we need to go lest, you know, we get crushed by this mob of people. I can't imagine quite how many people that must have been that are charging at him. But uh, if you've ever been into a you know, very crowded bus stop or a subway and you just feel like everybody's rushing on to the train at the same time, perhaps that was what Jesus was feeling a little bit. And you know, when Jesus gets on the boat and he leaves, it's perhaps not only that he gets some fresh air and he gets to you know, be a little bit safe from getting mobbed, but other people as well. If you imagine what happens in a crowd or uh, when we hear stories about if people are rushing like a stampede, we hear stories where sometimes somebody falls and they get trampled on and sometimes they even lose their life. Now imagine uh, in today's situation, today's passage, that so many people were crowding around Jesus that if you were one of those people who were just trying to go normally and if you fall, perhaps you would have been trampled to death. And an act of grace and an act of goodness of encountering Jesus would have been marred by people getting hurt, maybe people getting broken limbs, or perhaps even somebody losing a life. And instead of people usually seems to wait and encounter Jesus, it says that they were almost like throwing themselves at him. Um, and perhaps here they lose sight of the recognition that you know, Jesus has compassion on people, but sometimes when we want something from someone, we request too much and we charge at them and we overthrow, overcome their boundaries per se. What also in what we see in this passage is that there's people who are seemingly demon-possessed who encounter Jesus. And um, it says these the people who are possessed by demons, that they, they fall to their knees, they fall to their face, and then they, uh, they recognize Jesus. They say, um, you are the Son of God. And it's, it's an interesting notion because nobody else amongst the normal people seem to be saying the same thing. But why do these evil spirits, why do these demons do that? And uh, I think it's two part. One is these demons are a spiritual reality and they are able to recognize Jesus, who he is, who his true identity is. And in that way, they, they're, they're against God's plan. On the other hand, uh, there was a, a belief in that time that if you could say the true name of a person or perhaps even of a deity, you would have some control over that person. So by calling on Jesus saying, you are the son of God, perhaps they were, according to the, the ideas of the age, trying to you know, stop Jesus from casting them out. Also, uh, this is an interesting notice. Imagine if you were in that situation and someone you know to be a little uh, demon-possessed or a little bit crazy, a little bit out of this world, they start getting buddy-buddy with this guy named Jesus. You begin to think, well, one man seems to be demon-possessed. Why is he so friendly with another person? Maybe they're on the same page. So in Jesus, perhaps, he shows his mastery. He shows his lordship over all creation. And he shows his lordship over evil spirits as well by rebuking them and telling them to come out. So, you know, Jesus assumes a position of power here and people are amazed. Today's passage concludes with this seemingly big transition from Jesus' ministry to Jesus' calling of 12, 12 disciples. And um, if you're familiar with the Old Testament, 12, this 12, the, the 12 tribes were what God had created as a, a kind of a identity marker for the new people he was about to create. By Jesus coming and creating 
12 apostles, 12 disciples who would follow him and to be with him, he's creating a new system per se in which we can understand and relate to God. And this new people are no longer bound in the physical location of Israel and the Promised Land, but they're bound in relationship to him. The 12 tribes are whoever and where Jesus is. And uh, we see a final point that I want to really touch on is when Jesus appoints the 12, he gives them a mission. And he says that they will be with him, that they will uh, proclaim, they will preach the good news, and they will cast out demons. And in short, it's they will witness, they will proclaim the gospel, and they will set people free. Now, in Luke chapter 4, Jesus says at the very beginning of his ministry, he says he goes in the synagogue, he pulls out the great scroll of Isaiah, and he reads from Isaiah 61, which says very much the same thing, that the Lord has appointed him to, you know, to proclaim the good news and to set the people free. And the same mission that Jesus himself has, he gives to his people. And that is a mission that descends to us today. God's mission for us is that we would proclaim the good news, that we would be with Jesus first of all, we would proclaim the good news of the gospel, of the kingdom of God that has come. And the third is that we would help set people free so that they would know Jesus. So today, as we reflect on our living life, let's think about the different ways in which God calls us to be with Him, to go out with the knowledge of Him to the world, and to help people to experience the grace and the mercy of Jesus today. When we become a believer in the Lord Jesus, when we become a Christian, we are reconciled with Him. We are set free. And that's an individual personal experience that we are set free to be with God, to be reconciled in restoration with Him. And earlier in the passage, I talked about how we're called to be with Jesus, we're called to proclaim Him, proclaim the kingdom. And the third part is we're supposed to cast out demons. And in some ways is we cast out anything that stands against the name of the Lord Jesus in people's personal lives. So that's where our cross, uh, cross uh, brotherly, sisterly uh, discipline comes into play. When we have to say, hey, uh, you know, that's not exactly, um, something in your life is not working together with your faith. Maybe uh, you need to adjust and change your lifestyle because uh, there's, there's a cross brotherly, sisterly uh, discipline that we do towards one another. Um, but there's also an element where we combat wrong systems in our world today. We combat injustice. Uh, we combat things like slavery. We combat things like human trafficking. Uh, and we stand against these oppressive elements, not just in people's personal lives, but also in our, in our society as a whole. And when we stand and we proclaim uh, in the Lord's Prayer, for, for example, we say, uh, Father, uh, would your kingdom come and would your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? We're recognizing that God is calling us to be a light here on this earth, to share the love of Jesus in this place so that more and more the kingdom values will become present here where we are and that we will be salt and light in this world. So I encourage you today as you uh, walk out from here after this living life that you remember that God has called you not to simply treasure your faith individually, but to let that treasure be shared because we're called to be bless, a blessing to all nations. So let's pray.
Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the challenge and the reminder that uh, our faith demands that we go out from here. Thank you, Father, that you remind us as well, though, that you call us first to be with you. So, Father, I pray that you would encourage us today, help us to experience your nearness, and help us to share that love that we experience with you, with the world around us. In your name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a world that's stepping in closer.